Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. You know, I firmly believe that people are generally good and they want to do good to other people and they are capable of behaving well without, you know, a government constantly breathing down their neck and telling them what to do. But a lot of people don't agree with me. And a lot of people worry that in a truly free society where we might have less government, you know, fewer police officers, that people would naturally be inclined to maybe treat others poorly or even commit crime, like stealing things from each other. So today I want to talk a little bit about ways we can encourage people to behave well in a world where maybe we don't have as much government or what we would do in maybe a world where we didn't have the kind of police officers we're thinking about today, where we had just kind of a different kind of, of you know, accountability system. So I thought that would be a fun conversation. Yeah, I think that's interesting because uh, police, you know, they're, they're <laughs> one kind of term for them. I think we talked about before is like peace officer, Yes, you know, keep the peace. And then the other is law enforcement officer, like RoboCop. You Sounds know. scary. I, <laughs> yeah, I have to enforce the law. And so, yeah, that's kind of interesting. What are ways that we can make sure, uh, by the way, I think it's funny when you say like, you think people are good at the thought in the back of my mind was, she must not be on social media very much. <laughs> no, I, I, I jest only a little, but um Okay, this is interesting. So in a world, let's say you and I form like a new island yes. and we invite a bunch of friends. And so we have like this new government that we can kind of set up how we want. What what kind of thoughts come to mind is how we can build that society in a way that would be better? Well, one time we talked about this, I think it may have been the Declaration of Independence episode, but we talked about how in the beginning before or was we were becoming a country, a lot of the colonies had like compacts or contracts with each other, right? Where they kind of said, you know, we agreed to do this, this and this. And if we decide, or if you don't abide by this, or you you know decide not to follow this, then we can kick you out of our city, or you can do something like that. And I think that that has always made a lot of sense. So right now, we don't live in cities where everybody agrees to follow the same laws. We kind of move wherever we have to move, and then and then make do, right? But what if we all lived in a city where even as we were forming it, like let's say this island we're forming, that we all agreed to our laws up front? That would be a whole different way of thinking. Yeah, like consent of the governed, right? Yes. And so. Uh... I have a book uh, that for the teenagers out there and then the adults as well um, is very interesting. I may have mentioned it before, but Lessons from a Lemonade Stand is written specifically for that audience. And in there, we go through and kind of break down what does consent look like? Like the fact that you live in a certain area, does that mean you've consented to the government uh, that kind of has the, the jurisdiction or the control over that area? Or, you know, the fact that you pay your taxes to that government, does that mean you're consenting to it? Or if you vote in the election, does that mean that you are consenting to whatever the outcome is? Um, there's some really interesting questions there to tease out to try and understand what that actually looks like. We talk about this a little bit in The Tuttle Twins and the Fate of the Future, which was based on Anatomy of the State by Murray Rothbard. A uh, very interesting book talking about these kinds of things because, yeah, consent is so important. Consent is important when you're, you know, getting married and, you know, you're in a relationship with someone. It's important when you're getting a job, right? We're not slaves. No, uh, we yeah. consent to, to work, right? And so consent should totally matter when it comes to, I think, our government too. So how would it work then? And this one is always interesting to me. Let's say a police force. So a lot of people have this idea that if we lived in a free society, there would be no more police. I don't think that's necessarily true. Now, obviously, every new city would come up with their own way of doing things. But it's not that we wouldn't have a police. It would be, first of all, who who the police are following, what orders they're following, right? Whose laws they're enforcing. Um, so it would be a little bit different, right? It would be a little bit different if we had a free society. Uh, what do you think that might look like? 
That's a great question. I want to uh, suggest a couple things. One is the law based on, uh, or, or by Frederick Bostet, we based our uh, Tuttle Twins Learn About the Law on that one. So that, that, that essay covers what I'm about to say. And also there's an essay uh, by a gentleman named Ezra Taft Benson called The Proper Role of Government, which you can find online that kind of walks you through the same argument. And in there, he explains it a little bit more concisely. He actually references Bostet several times. Um, now in there, it talks about, and this is very like a Thomas Jefferson-esque John Locke kind of argument, that the government is us, right? Of the people, by the people, for the people. We hear that sometimes. But but really the government, like in our island example, it's basically some people who get together and say, all right, here's how we want to be governed. Now, the again, we talk about this in The Fate of the Future. Murray Rothbard talks about this in his book. The government is not this independent entity. It's not this you know, creature that pre-existed our decision to bring it into existence. So what that means is we created it. We created this institution and we delegated to it and to its enforcement officers, which are the police, we've delegated certain powers. We've said, okay, like, hey, we want you to help protect us, right? Because there's bad guys on the island or whatever. And so, or like if someone murders someone else or steals from someone else, we need someone to help enforce the laws and make sure that, you know, bad behavior is, is punished. And, and so that is authority that we ourselves have, right? Like I can defend my little island hut and, and I can, um, you know, stop someone uh, using force if they're trying to like steal my, I don't know what, my bananas from my banana trees, right? Or whatever. I, I can use force in defense of myself and my property. Those are rights that I just inherently have. I have the right to self-defense. And so I can then go to the police, the government, I can say, hey, this right of self-defense that I have and the right, same right that all my neighbors have because all individuals have this right, we can delegate to you, the, the government, the police, that same power. So now you can kind of defend us. Like on our you, behalf. Yeah, on our behalf, you're kind of delegating, you're, you're asking this person to use this on your behalf, much like, you know, I'm a boss, I'm an employer, and so I can delegate a power to my employee. I can say, hey, you can go sign this contract for me, or I want you to attend this meeting for me on my behalf. You're representing me, you're kind of my delegate, but you can use my power. And so it's that way with police in, in, in all reality, that the government is an extension of us and we've delegated certain powers. Now, if the police officer said, aha, civil asset forfeiture, give me your bananas, because I think <laughs> that you, you know, illegally planted too many trees, like, well, wait a minute. You know, now when the, the police officer is turning from, you know, the good guy and the protector into the, like we say in the, the Tuttle Twins learn about the law, kind of the plunder. Uh, Bastia talked about that, too, when it's kind of the pirate plundering and stealing things. That's wrong. Um, and it feels like a lot of the problems people have with police and with the government is that they've kind of gone beyond where the law should be. The law should just be the powers that we have. We delegate. We say, hey, defend us on our behalf and let's keep the peace. But then when they start getting into like bossing people around or when they let the majority, the the 51% of voters boss around the 49% and just control them in whatever ways they want, that's when I think we start to get into a lot of problems. Well, you bring up an interesting point. You you brought up civil asset forfeiture, but I'm going to bring up a, another thing, which is uh, occupational licensing. We've also talked about that quite a bit. Yeah. So there are actually cities. There is one city in Atlanta that has, or one uh, little suburb of Atlanta that actually has, uh, they don't use the Atlanta Police Department. They use their own private 
uh, police force. And it's interesting because you have things like occupational licensing, for example. I watched once there was a guy who was trying to sell like a vendor, like a street vendor. I don't know if you know what that is, but like people who want to sell their items just on the street. They don't have like a storefront. They'll just kind of set up shop. In New York, you see a lot of this. Well, so I saw a guy setting up a shop. And he got yelled at and told he had to stop. But here's the difference between what would have happened if it was a police officer give, or versus a private police officer. If it had been a public police officer, they would have been get, given a ticket and possibly arrested and told to leave. With the private police force, they were just given a warning. They were said, you know, that's not the rules here. We don't do that here. So we're going to ask you to leave and pick up your stuff. So had he not left, he probably would have gotten in trouble. But there was this, this different motive, this different incentive where instead of uh, writing tickets or or making sure that you know somebody somebody didn't have or had this occupational license, the only real thing this officer was worried about was making sure that the public was safe. And if the public was safe, there was no need to write this guy a ticket, right? He just asked him to leave. So I thought that was a really interesting kind of experiment in, in the difference of policing. Yeah, that's super interesting. And as we talk about these things, it's so important to do these thought experiments, I feel like, because uh, especially like in the Fate of the Future book, it's very much about like helping kids envision what the future looks like. If we had to create like our own government, our own society, Ooh, yeah, what would that look like? And what are the problems that we need to solve or like do a little bit differently? Um, I want to get into like social pressure, right? Because if, if people are doing things that we don't like, other than like, I'll give you an example. I once lived uh, down the road from a woman who called the police on her neighbor because she felt like her neighbor's weeds were too tall. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it's crazy when you think about it, because when the police show up, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Because, like, if that person resists or they're having a bad day or they're giving a little bit of a, you know, foul mouth to the cop or things like that, th that can go very poorly very quickly. And, and it has. There's examples all around the country where, like, this simple little thing, like the George Floyd that everyone was protesting about, you know, months ago, um, that all stemmed from just a counterfeit $20 bill. Now, in that case, that's wrong that, you know, if that was a, a real, like if it was really a counterfeit bill, you know, then someone's being fraud, uh, defrauded or whatever. Yes. But when these, when these little things turn into these explosive big things because of the police, that's, I think, where where a lot of people get upset. So, you know, when, when my neighbor calls the other neighbor and uh, or the police on the other neighbor and it's for weeds, like what are some things that people could do to try and, model society in the way that they want without just saying, you know, calling the cops on everyone. That's a really good point. And one thing I think we don't do anymore is talk to our neighbors. And I'm guilty of this too. You know, how much would we, how much problems or how much, uh, you know, contention would we avoid if maybe that neighbor would have just walked over and said, hey, would you mind trimming the weeds? You know, like I pay property taxes, you know, I care about the way my house looks too. Even just, you know, something like that it seems like it would be a better idea than immediately resorting to calling the police because as we just talked about, sometimes when you call the police, it ends in violence and you don't want to hurt your neighbor. I would hope that you wouldn't want to hurt your neighbor. So it seems like there's just better ways. Talking to each other would be one of them. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I also think about like back, it's been a few years, but when uh, Chick-fil-A was the subject of some protests by mm -hmm. people who wanted, you know, same-sex marriage, I believe was the issue at the time. And the owners of Chick-fil-A are, you know, evangelical Christian, and they had some concerns about that and didn't support it. And so then there was this, you know, boycott of Chick-fil-A by a bunch of people, and they'd kind of do protests in front of some of their stores. And then there were people who agreed with the other point of view, who uh, formed like counter protests. And uh, what would you call them? Like organized, you know, days to go eat at Chick-fil-A, right? Like, okay, you're going to boycott them. We're going to go eat at them double the amount we otherwise would. <laughs> 
And, and that's like the free market way of like, you know, pushing for issues that you believe in. Let's use free speech. Let's use debate. You're welcome to vote with your feet and say, I'm not going to, you know, support this business or anymore. With your wallet. Business. Yeah. Yeah. Or with your wallet. The hard part, I feel like with uh, the way the government works is you could say what you just said, Brittany, vote with your wallet or vote with your feet is what some people will say. And, and just leave and say, oh, in my state of California, and frankly, a lot of people are doing this in California, they're, <laughs> they're leaving because <laughs> they they're including my whole family. Um, and so there's some people who can do that, and, but it's hard because you've got roots. It's your family's there, your property, your business, your network, your friends. And so the, the, the likelihood of someone leaving their state uh, or even their country. I mean, you and I know like Bob Higgs and there's some others who just kind of leave America because they're so fed up with it. Yep. And uh, But that's so hard, right? The it's costs so are so to high to just, quote unquote, vote with your feet and say, oh, I don't like this government. Because then the government you move to, they can maybe do the same thing. And maybe yep, five years later, will. they do. <laughs> right. And so it, it seems very uh, difficult for people to apply pressure to the government because, you know, they just control so much and um, there's not a lot of good options for people to just kind of socially pressure. Like that seems good for business, like the Chick-fil-A example I mentioned, or, you know, even like the cake baker guy, right? Like rather than suing the cake baker and saying, you need to bake me a cake, uh, you know, that has a message of my choosing or whatever. Like, why are we making the government force someone to, to support something they don't like or do something they don't want? Can't we just let business owners just do whatever they want. Go find a different cake baker, right? Like, but exactly. <laughs> but or you know, or protest them, right? Write a negative review on Google or Yelp if you want. Like, big deal. But when we talk about the government doing something wrong, when the you know if the government's going to war with you know Libya or Syria or whatever, and we don't like that. We don't really have a lot of good options to kind of apply that pressure and protest. No, same with police officers, right? That one town in Atlanta was a small exception, but for the most part, you have to use your city's police force or you have to. And we've talked about we've talked about the word monopoly before, and that's because the government has kind of a monopoly on law enforcement right now or on the way that we enact these laws. So it would be great if we lived in a world, like we were saying, to imagine these scenarios where we could live in a world where we could start from scratch and what that would look like and you know how we would keep people's behavior good in those circumstances. So I think it's a really interesting conversation. I think it is too. And, and as I said, I think the thought exercise is really important. Perhaps this is a, a reminder and an opportunity for you guys to go reread the Tuttle Twins and the fate of the future and think a little bit more about these topics because it's one thing to kind of hack at the leaves, uh, right, in the branches and kind of say, oh, let's do this little reform or what about this minor idea? But there are some people who want to strike at the root. Uh, I'm, I'm referencing a quote by Henry David Thoreau, right, for all the people who are hacking at at the branches, um, you know, for, I think he says something like there's a thousand people hacking at the branches for everyone trying to strike at the root. Um, (laughs) and a lot of, and a lot of people just kind of think about and, and pursue these changes that are minor and and so forth. Uh, but I think it's a lot more fun, especially for our Tuttle Twins readers. I think they're very like-minded to try and think about like the big picture, the big ideas. And so, Uh, Fun topic today. Thanks as always, Brittany, and we'll chat with you next time. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.